0: everybody to episode 34 of uh, the Lone Road iRacers podcast with me your host Guy Robertson. So with uh, King King being crowned this weekend I thought I'd do a Royal Special podcast. So if you don't like uh, listening about the Royals this podcast isn't going to be for you. It's going to be motorsport biased and seeing what they've been involved with, etc. over the centuries, really. Um, So, without further ado, we're going to look at the Royals on two wheels to start with. Well, this is all about the Royals that have took to two wheels, i.e. motorbikes mainly, um, over the years. So we're first going to take a look at uh, Prince Philip, who sadly passed away uh, over the last couple of years. Um, We don't profess that the late late uh, Queen's consort was any kind of hardcore biker, but he did have more to do with two wheels than you might realise. He certainly could ride. He was often pictured aboard an easy rider monkey bike, of all things. Around the Royal Estates. And on more than one occasion. Visited the Isle of Man TT. Being a guest starter way back in 1949. Uh, as his bite mad grandson William did more recently. Of the Senior TT. So. We're basically the article says we salute him for, uh, for that uh, experience. Moving on to Prince William. Um. Let's get the most obvious ones out of the way early on. The Duke of Cambridge's lover bites, along with that of his brother, is well documented, even though he's had to curtail his adventures in more recent years due to both his responsibilities as a dad and his order of succession to the throne. But as a former Triumph date a 600, six hundred six seven five and Ducati 1098 rider... Um, a TT visitor and race starter, supporter of the British bike industry, uh, an official open of the Triumph Factory visitors experience in 2018. Um, so clearly, Prince William does love uh, to be on two wheels. Prince Harry, well, clearly that's uh, the brother or the little brother of Prince William. Um, he has definitely got a love of bikes like his brother. Uh, he's also been seen riding on a Triumph Daytona 675. The Duke of Sussex is known to have ridden bikes during his military tour in Afghanistan. And the pair are, fam- are famously, sorry, also are famous for, for doing a motorcycle trek across Southern Africa in 2008 in aid of charity. Moving on to the late Queen, so before becoming Queen Elizabeth, the eldest daughter of the King, George VI, is also known for a a brief flurry with bikes. In the latter days of World War II, she was then 19-year-old princess, did her bit by joining the Auxiliary Territorial Services, or the ATS, in February 1945. There, although sleeping at home and not in the barracks with her fellow recruits, she trained as a driver and mechanic, reaching the rank of junior commander, and part of the course involved her learning to ride a military bike, uh, which we believe it was either a BSA or Royal Enfield 250. So that's the Queen, folks. Moving on to some other royals, so Prince Albert or the late King George VI, of course, Princess Elizabeth's biking price is probably less of a surprise when you realise most people back in the 1930s and 40s could ride a bike and they were far more socially acceptable. So much so Elizabeth's dad, the then Prince Albert, later King George VI, did so too. As a young man, uh, he his, his go-to was a Douglas 350, which he used when uh, when he was a student in Cambridge in 1920. Princess Margaret and Lord Snowden Elizabeth wasn't the only offspring of King George VI to continue his affection for two wheels. The future queen's younger, sometimes controversial sister, Princess Margaret, is also known to have had a flinging involving motorcycles, although this time on the pillion rather than actually riding. In 1960, Margaret married dashing motorcycle uh, riding society photographer Anthony Armstrong-Jones, who later became Lord Snowden. He was known for, amongst other things, dashing to appointments around London on his beloved Norton 500 twin. Margaret is reported uh, as loving it too, and on one occasion is reported to have stopped the Royal Motorcade the pair were riding in Borrowed a police, police outriders motorcycle and zipped off with Margaret on the back. Unbelievable. Lord Lichfield, or Lord Snowden, who sadly died in 2017 uh, after a divorce in Margaret in 1978, wasn't the only royal lord renowned for loving motorcycles. Patrick Hansen, the 5th Earl of Lichfield, was just as much of a bike nut, and another successful society photographer, most famous, taking the official photographs of Charles and Diana's wedding in 1981. A first cousin once removed of the Queen, Litchfield was a lifetime bike fan and was pictured with a succession of bikes through the 1960s, 70s and 80s, although a particular favourite was his BMW R90s. He died in two thousand and five, following a major stroke, aged sixty-six. Zara Phillips and Mike Tyndall. Uh, and and when you just thought you might have thought we might uh, have run out of uh, royals who like bikes, uh, there's more. Princess Anne's second child, Zara Tyndall, is not only the Queen's granddaughter and like her mother, a highly successful sportswoman. Showed like to her late grandfather, Philip, had been seen riding around on monkey bikes, particularly at equestrian events. While further biking credibility comes from her husband, former England Rugby Union star Mike Tindall, who is also a self-professed biker and has often been seen pictured aboard his beloved Harley Breakout, taking part in charity ride outs with the likes of Carl Fogarty. Slightly further afield, Prince Albert of Monaco. We have now run out of the biking British Royals, unless you know otherwise, but it it be re- remiss of us not to mention a couple of those from other royal households. Top of that list is the former playboy Prince Albert of Monaco, who aside from competing in bobsleigh for the tiny principality in five successive Olympics, is also a major motorsport enthusiast and in his younger years at least was an occasional biker king juan carlos of spain while well, last but no means least comes the former king juan carlos of spain although he abdicated the spanish road in 2014 is now discredited and living in exile the former monarch was also a known bike fan often rode around madrid incognito aboard his mv augusta and regularly gave the outwards at spain's motorcycle sorry awards spain's motorcycle grand prix but then we always knew spain are generally bite mad so that gives you a real insight into the royals on two wheels folks This next section is called the Knights of the Racetrack, Aristocracy and Royalty in Motorsport. Now, this is on the Goodwood, uh, Goodwood Racing uh, um, website. So if you want to read it yourself, it's www.goodwood.com. Uh, and you'll, if you put in Knights of the Racetrack or something like that in the search, you will come across it. So, I'm going to read it out verbatim, so bear with us. It doesn't cover just uh, the UK royalty, but anybody that's raced on that particular track. So, the Knights of the Racetrack just count these counts Paris born Le Mans based Comte Guy Bouriat, third at Monaco and motor victor of the European GP at Spa. He obeyed orders and allowed Bugatti team leader Louis Chiron to win in 1930. He crashed fatally in 1933. Coboretto Canelli, Conte de Prosperi of Piedmont, Italy, winning co-driver to William Grosvenor Grover Williams at the 1931 Belgium GP. Comte Stanislas, yeah, bear with me with some of these names. Zakowski, born in the Hague and of Polish extraction from a French national, another 1920s to 30s Bugatti man with wins in Casablanca, Dieppe and at Brooklands, and one of the three killed in the 1933 Monza GP. Lombardi's Johnny Lurani Conte de Calvinazzano, a Mille Migli-class winner before and after World War II, and the best of his bunch. Biela Carlo Felice Trussi, a founder father of Scudieria Ferrari, and much admired by Enzo, who won the Italian and Swiss GPs for Alfa Romeo in the, in the immediate post-World War II era. There have been princes among racing men too. Prince de Christia, full name and title, Bertrand-Marie Ponce, François-Raphaël Lussigny, Prince de fossigny Lucerne at Coligny, flipping heck, who finished ninth in the 1923 Indianapolis 500, You've guessed it, a Bugatti. Prince Ermann Victor Maximilian Zu Leinigan of Bavaria, son of a grand-nephew of Queen Victoria, was a member of Auto Union's original GP line-up and shared second place with Hans Struck in the 1934 Italian GP. And most famously, Prince Bira of Siam, full name Birabong Bahandudjeh Bandua, Banduda, a young sensation in his blue and yellow eras and Maserati in the second half of the 1930s and a seasoned veteran capable of good results until the mid-1950s. Most recently there has been a London-born Spaniard Alfonso Antonio Vicente, Eduardo Angle Blas, Francisco de Borgia, Cabeza de Vaca y Leighton. Marquis de Porto, nicknamed Fon, an all-round sporting icon. Swimming, fencing, Olympic bobsleigh, national, Grand National rider, who was killed in a works Ferrari during the 1957 Millet Miglia. And Rhineland's Wolfgang Alexander Albert Edward Maximilian Rinchgraf Berg von Tripp's nicknamed Taffy, I'm glad they gave these guys nicknames, a 1961 formula one title contender for ferrari who was killed in the italian gp at monza britain had its fair share of aristra- aristocratic petrolheads too among them were sir henry birkin a third baronet from nottinghamshire the boy's own hero who held the brooklyn's outer circuits lap record in his famous blower bentley and won the 1931 Le Mans 24-hour in an Alfa Romeo. Earl Howe, Birkin's entrant and co-driver on the latter occasion, Peter Mitchell Thompson, Lord Selsden, who in 1949 played a vital role in the Ferrari's maiden Le Mans victory, and the of Butte 59 this week, who at Johnny Jumfries was the dominant winner of the 1984 British Formula 3 Championship, a Lotus F1 team made to Ayrton Center in 1986 and won the 1988 Le Mans 24-hour with Jaguar and then with the Earl of March winning co-driver at Brooklands of the 1931 BRDC 500 mile race and 1931 JCC Double 12 in Austin 7 and MG Midget respectively. In 1935 he inherited four dukedoms, Aubigny in France, Gordon, Lennox and Richmond, as well as the Goodwood Estate. And in 1948 he converted the perimeter road at RAF West Ham- Hampnut, a World War II emergency landing strip for fighter aircraft, into a motor racing circuit. By the time he closed it in 1966, it had fired the enthusiasm for speed and spectacle of his imaginative grandson, the Earl of March and Kinrara, creator in the 1930s of today's Goodwood's Festival of Speed and Revival meeting. So that just shows you royalty from all over Europe uh, has helped um, make Goodwood a success and as famous as it is today. final section of today's podcast basically looks at the 10 coolest cars owned by the british royal family so among the among the royal family's treasures are rolls royces land rovers and even a car built from the ground up specifically for queen elizabeth the british royal family is recognized all over the world and their long-standing position as the heads of the british state has meant they're extremely wealthy Luckily, many members of the family are also keen car enthusiasts, and even those that don't tend to dive impressively lavish or drive into in bluer intensive lavishly vehicles, their car collection might be might not be quite as extensive as a Sultan of Brunei or the royal or the Saudi royal family, but the Brits certainly have their fair share of impressive autos hidden away in the garages. Many of these cars will be. In, instantly recognisable british classics but that's not the only thing the royals have an infinity for among their treasure trove of range rovers and rolls royces is a collection of cars from a certain foreign german marquee and even a car that was built from the ground up specifically for queen elizabeth let's take a closer look at some of the coolest cars the members of the royal family have owned over the years So, at number 10, an Aston Martin V8 Vantage Volante. Today, King Charles, as we need to call him now, is a strong advocate of eco-friendly cars. But back in the 1980s and 90s, he was often seen driving big V8 Grand Tourers. One such car was his Aston Martin V8 Vantage Voltan, which which was gifted to him by the Emir of Bahrain. He drove it from nineteen eighty-seven to nineteen ninety-five. Then the car disappeared from the public's eye. Very few pictures exist today of the prince with his V-eight Vantage, but the car's spec was reportedly similar to the one picture uh, that is, that is the prince's trademark. Basically, it has blue paintwork. Number nine, a Land Rover Defender, one of the the, the late Queen's favourite cars in the in the land was the Land Rover Defender, and it's and it's estimated she owned over thirty of them. She usually chooses a similar spec each time with an aintree green interior and the most luxurious interior that Land Rover can offer. The car pictured isn't from her personal collection, but it's very similar in terms of its specification. Yeah, it's a Defender, Uh, looks like it's got a high rider, that's about all I can tell you folks. Even in her old days, uh, the late Queen has been regularly pictured driving her Defenders around her private Scottish estate. She often used them for shooting parties and one ex-royal example that came up for public auction even still had shotgun cartridges left in the glove box folks. Number 8, Aston Martin DB6 Volante. The late Queen brought uh, now King Charles and Aston Martin DB6 Volante for his 21st birthday, and since then it's been one of his favourite cars. It's still in his possession today, and he's occasionally photographed driving it with his with, with now the, the the Queen Camilla. The Aston Martin, like much of King Charles's car collection, has been converted to run on environmentally friendly fuel, folks. It uses surplus alcohol from wine production to run, which led to the the king declaring that it smells delicious as you're driving along. Number seven, Jaguar I-Pace. Well, uh, when he, he, he's not swanning about in his classic Aston Martin, king, Carl, king Charles conducts his more formal engagements in his Jaguar I-Pace, which he brought in 2018. The car is all electric and continues the King's goal for cutting Royal Household emissions by 25% in 10 years. The car mostly stays in London and is used as Charles's main mode of transport for the busy city streets. Range Rover Hybrid LWB at number 6. What better way to make an entrance at the big events than in the back of a roofless LWB Range Rover? The late Queen acquired this custom l- Law Landorlet in 2015 and it was built via Land Rover's Special Vehicle Operations Division. The rear seats of the car were removed to give the Queen and her family space to stand and wave, but but there's a retractable roof that covers the length of the Range Rover from when she's finished her duties. All the late Queen's state cars come painted in the same shade of Clara and the Range Rover is no exception. Number five, we see a Lagonda three litre. Lagonda's second ever vehicle under ownership of Aston Martin was a three litre, a drophead coupe that caught the eye of uh, Prince Philip in 1954. His car was supposedly equipped with a radio telephone, which the Prince liked to use to make prank calls to other members of the royal family also fitted with a large vanity mirror so the late queen could check her appearance before meeting her subjects. The car was sometimes carried around the world on the Royal Yacht Britannia and even made an appearance in the 1956 Melbourne Olympic Games. Number four, Audi RS6. In sharp contrast to the British stately cars owned by the rest of the royals, Prince Harry's dry, daily driver, driver is a is an unusual choice. For around a year, he owned and drove an Audi RS6 Avant, the German Mark's 597 HP Super Wagon. It's not the only Audi he owned by a, royal, by a royal either, as King Charles at one point owned an A8, and William K owned an A5 Sportback and A3 respectively. Well, moving on to number three. Rolls-Royce Phantom The royal family has owned over a dozen Rolls-Royce Phantoms over the years, many of which are still in their possession today. There's a favourite of the late Queen to bring out for special occasions and have made appearances at every royal wedding over the past few decades. Occasionally the family sells one off of their Phantoms to a private buyer, as was the case in 2014 when a Phantom 4 was put up for auction. Mostly though that they stay in the Royal car collection ready for their next high level outing. At number 2, Rolls Royce Silver Wraith 2 LWB. It's not just uh, the late Queen Elizabeth who was a push for Rolls Royces. Uh, sister Princess Margaret is a noted fan too of them. One of, her, one of her most long-serving cars was a Silver Wraith 2 which she picked up in 1980 and and used for years as her primary car. It featured a lowered back seat for added privacy and a police light mounted on top for when she wanted right right of way on the road. Princess Margaret also lent out her car to other notable figures, including uh, the late Queen herself and Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Finally, at number one, Bentley State Limousine. To celebrate the late Queen's Golden Jubilee in 2002, Bentley custom-built two state limousines and gifted them to Her Majesty. Being the only two state limousines in the world, it's almost impossible to, to put an accurate value on them, but some estimates have, estimates have put their worth at well over £10 million each. The car was designed exactly to the Queen's needs and came in claret and black paint, with a royal coat of arms on the roof, like all the other, like all the other official royal limousines. The car is also heavily armoured and it can be sealed airtight in a case of a gas attack. The tyres are reinforced with Kevlar and the twin turbo 400 hp V8 engine means that the Bentley is pretty much ready for anything. Such an attack happened. Well that gives you a great insight folks into the cars the royals have hope you've enjoyed this royal special podcast giving us an insight into uh, motorbikes and how the royals enjoyed them how royals have affected goodwood over the years and some of the world famous cars that the royal family own today so until then I will see you next week with a new podcast. Look after yourselves and hopefully enjoy your last bank holiday. See you soon.